I'm Andrew Rice. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And I'm Muss. And you're listening to Monster Mash. And on this week's episode, we are hunting Aknosom. The monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They played the mash. It got on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the. When this huge bird wyvern stands on one leg, its peculiar collar gives it the appearance of a monstrous parasol. It is fiercely territorial, and whenever it finds intruders, it spreads its wings and unfolds the eye-like crest on its head to terrifying effect. A bamboo forest at night. The sound of dancing is heard, resembling a parasol. But in truth, a monstrous bird. Be wary of its figure and its vibrant hue. For once its collar opens, a rain of blood will ensue. Another new monster, boys. Yeah, this Ooh. is a good one. Yeah, love this guy. His design is like so good. It's alright, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I got a lot of time for the Agnason. Agnason. Like, it's like one of the so most they... interesting like Bored Wife ones they've done in a while. Like the ones that generally the ones mm-hmm. that are like the other dinosaurs are technically Bored Wife ones. Some of them. But like the ones that actually look like birds. Like, definitely shares a lot of like DNA with like the Yankaku uh, in, in yeah, a lot of ways. The flame, yes. The flame, the kind of crest yeah. on the head as well. Um, and Yankaku is, well, a monster or one monster, like very, very old monster design. Mm-hmm. But I think Agnesom is more more of an interesting monster than Yankaku. Mm. Um, yeah, his behaviour like set kind of sets him apart. That's why I like like him so much. It's just the way he hops about like on one leg and like fully kind of uses his crest to kind of shield mm. himself up and make him look like a, a parasol. It's just, I think yeah, cool I remember seeing idea. him in that that very first trailer we had for Monster Hunt Arise. And it was like they were going so far out of their way to make it not like the first trailer for World. I remember when we first saw that trailer for World and it was just like mm. very... A confusing mess. Well, no, just it was like the monsters they showed were like the Anjanath and the Jagras, which were very believable giant reptiles. Yeah. And with Rise, it's like, no, right out the bat, here's a really wacky monster in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And World did eventually have like a really nice selection of monsters, and even the ones I just mentioned, they had a bit more going on than it looked like. Mm-hmm. But that first trailer was trying so hard to be grounded and gritty and yeah. big PS4 game that, yeah, it set up some red flags. I, I get the sense in the... So the description of this monster mentions that it's fiercely territorial, and I don't so much get the sense that Aknasom within the Shrine Ruins area has a particular bit of the map that 
is its territory, but I do get the sense very strongly that it's uh, it doesn't like people being around and that it's like when you're fighting it, it's trying to shoo you away because it's got that move where it will lower its head and just charge at you. Yes. <laughs> and it does feel a lot like a goose that's just sort of gone, no, nah, I don't want you <laughs> here, mate. Go away. So I do get <laughs> a really strong vibe of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only if geese like had big giant like crests, like just had done that like extra fear factor that some people have of geese, you know. I suppose <laughs> the, the the territory aspect we kind of spoke about this before is maybe something that if this monster was in world, it, you would be able to get the impression of it being more territorial than than in, than in rise, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I, I did it 100%. Like when it's around you, it also has like little moves where it'll try to like swipe you with its with its feet, things like that. Like basically mm-hmm. just absolutely fuck off, get out of my personal space. Yeah, like uh, it's just big swipes, like they almost look like kind of karate chops. Some of them. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's very it, quick to start a fight with you or with another monster. So if you just think that it thinks of everywhere it is as its territory, mm-hmm. then it makes sense. A lot, it, like as well as the uh, kind of the flamboyant shooing karate chop type moves, its uh, its fire attacks tend to be more. It will kind of spray it in three directions, so it will spit fire three times, but in kind of a cone area, mm-hmm. almost again as if it's shooing you. Like it's not necessarily a monster that I think is trying to kill me. It's a monster that I think is sort of saying, "Yeah, piss off." <laughs> yeah, it's like super defensive. Like that's like why you kind of like. When he shows his like crest and that, like pulls mm. his wings in, like it's like a full like kind of defensive like posture. That's what again the, the way it uses its fires is another way it differentiates itself from Yankaku, um, because Yankaku, when it does its fireballs, it is barreling towards you, like flopping about like the crazed chicken. Mm. Um, you know, there's 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 no real strategy beyond I am charging at you, I want to hurt you, um, whereas there is more of a defensive nature to, to Akrasom and how it uses its fire. Like, it'll hop back and chuck a few fireballs at you in that sense. Again, just kind of get the fuck away sort of uh, movement from it. So, yeah, again, it, uh, when I described it as being like Yankaku, it just, again, just initially reminds me of it, but it does so much more different than Kaku. Well, he does have, like, that peg attack, like, the same peg attack that Kaku has. Yeah, the most yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. The most of that comparison, like, that's the one similar move. Like, there's no getting away from that. Well, in the same way we talked about Azurus Lagombi and um, Volvodon, there's only so many ways you can make a big yeah. bear thing swipe at you. Yeah, there's only so many ways you can animate a bird having a big peck. Yeah. So <laughs> until you'd brought it up, I hadn't really even thought of a a Kaku connection because it's just. It's got such an interesting design, and yeah, it, it really stood out as its own monster to me. Yeah, I think it's just the bird chucking fireballs at you, like into the. I can, like, to- oh, yeah, I like can totally see it now that you say it. But mm-hmm. also, I just feel like I don't see its fire attacks that much. I don't on the hunt, like unless you have the other one. It's not a mad, frequent fire attacker by any means, but when it does it, it can, like particularly in the early game, it's pretty devastating. The amount of damage mm. that thing it does. Yeah, distance as well. Like you could be, say, you could be like rolling away from it, and you roll away like, like three up to three or four times. Like it might still one of the fireballs might still hit you. And it's good range on it. On its fire. Yeah, but I, I think it was 
it's probably the Agnes on that gave me my first death, just because yeah, like the, I was wearing particularly poor fire resistance on my armor and just mm. it caught me totally off guard just boom like i was fine with taking all the melee attacks but no i was not ready for a big fireball when it first did it i well, didn't actually faint of... in this game until magnamala <laughs> all right show off <laughs> i do get what andy's saying though like this is kind of like the one of the first i suppose jumps in difficulty in the game like in terms of how much damage the monster does to you um the other monsters we've spoken about so far you know they've they've got their own quirks, their own, their own little moves, but they don't do huge, mm. huge amounts of damage in that sense. Whereas this is one where it's like, right, we've shown you the ropes, tip a buckle up, big boy. Let's uh, let's see what you can do, and uh, the damage. I think the only the only monsters before him are like the introductory dinosaurs and the three introductory mammals. Yeah. So he is like the first taste of like, okay, here's a proper new monster for you. Yeah, and compared to those introductory dinosaur bird wyvern, a lot of the time it seems like they will just sometimes stop. Like, they almost lack intent. Whereas one thing that's really true about Acnosom is it always feels like it's got an intent with every single one of its movements. It's Unless you kind of stun it or something like that, it doesn't have that much time where it's not doing anything or if it's fallen over. But it's only when it's fallen over or stunned. Whereas those other raptor dinosaurs will occasionally just howl which i guess is them calling their little minions but the mm-hmm. minions don't do an awful lot so it feels a lot less like they're sort of almost conscience conscious in a way uh versus uh this monster there's kind of a and i might be wrong and i don't know if you guys agree on this but there's almost an elegance to acnesom that you don't really see in like monsters in general it's, and certainly not in bird wyverns mm-hmm. it's really fun in that it starts out incredibly elegant and then mm-hmm. once it gets flustered it becomes like kind of goofy yeah and I, I think as you get more breaks on it it goes from being this kind of elegant you know the the kind of parasol sort of monster to a bit sad <laughs> with the breaks like it just, just looks a bit depleted I suppose a lot of monsters do when you get breaks in them, uh, but uh, this one does look particularly pathetic once you've given it some yeah, breaks. It's definitely more noticeable. I'd say it's definitely agrees. More way more noticeable when you get breaks on that song more than like, anything in Rise, really. I think it's really good, though, that the fight deteriorates, or Agnesom deteriorates into a more feral state because if you look at the hunter's notes uh this is very much a monster that's quite showy like it's with its uh you know umbrella like <laughs> stuff it's trying to just ward people away ward monsters away and i think once you get beyond that initial showy element it's you are left with just a creature that seems more and more like it's actually desperately fighting for its life it almost it's running out of ideas it's running out of options it's that's where it starts lowering its head and charging at you and acting a little bit more like a, a raptor than some sort of flamboyant crane so i think it's a it's it's fun but it also it really fits well with the, the the hunter's notes on this monster and with what the designers were trying to achieve with the way that it's uh you know fins and stuff work or whatever you call them <laughs> Oh yeah, the fight we were talking about the fighting style seems like it's just trying to get mm. rid of you, and that makes sense because it knows it can't actually win the fight, so it's doing what so many animals do, where it makes itself look big, it chips, charges at you, it tries to scare you off, 
because it knows if it gets into an actual drawn out battle you're probably going to kill it it's quite interesting what it there's a there's little like hunting tips in the physiology section of the hunter's notes it's quite interesting what it says about the accuracy because i don't know if i ever pay close enough attention to this but it says it, that it can manipulate the umbrella shaped crest on its head to curl up fan out or shut tight observe its shape closely and you might be able to predict which attack it will use next um so i don't know if i've noticed that myself but maybe that's just because i just tend to try and dodge any attack mm-hmm. that they that, that try that it does but is that something you guys have noticed no and it's i feel like in more recent monster games i've played a lot more monster hunter i feel like they give me a lot more tools and stuff i don't feel the need to like take my time and observe a monster like mm. i did when i first started playing the series so i feel like the monsters from like four and especially from generations the one i got really into i know those monsters so well because they were such a threat when i first started fighting them that i had to learn them whereas i don't really feel that about many of the newer monsters because i just i can dodge on like a the turn of a penny and i can just take them out fairly easily now but yeah, they, they, they do give a little hints i suppose if you're struggling with the monsters to kind of tackle them like going back to the previous episodes we've done like it talks about using sonic bombs on Legombe to disrupt its sliding bringing honey in to distract arzurus and then quite obvious but bringing like energy drinks and antidotes for baggy and broggy um so it's nice just suppose nice little tips that if you are struggling and maybe aren't as seasoned as the likes of us with the game um that you've got something to, to try and you know turn the fight around in your favor Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. I kind of miss struggling with monsters. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't think that's necessarily the way that the games opened up as much as just the experience. Yeah, right? I know. Like, it's, it's I mean, probably I, I, more I know that, that obviously yeah, when we go to fight a Rathalos or something, you know, Joe will always mention bringing up flashes and stuff. But I just, I never bothered with any of that extra stuff. It's nice to have, sure, probably, but ultimately, you know, once you've played enough of the games, you're quite happy just to hack through the monster, and you're probably doing enough damage anyway that it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Particularly sub G rank. It'd be interesting to hear if if they ever come back again. Some of those guests from the uh, from the first podcast for Rise, how they got on with uh, Agnason, because it is a, I suppose the first proper gatekeeper ish in a way. It's a skill yeah. check relative to what comes before it. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I agree with, uh, with with what Andy was saying. I think for me, it's like with Monster Hunter, th- even though the monsters aren't actually slower. Uh, they feel slower because I'm just better at the game. I can predict roughly what they're going to do, where I need to be now, no matter what monster I'm fighting. Um, and obviously Agnesom is still a fairly early monster, so it shouldn't be too difficult to kind of predict. So I've never personally uh, noticed any of those tells because I've not found the need to. But maybe I have at a subconscious level. I don't know. But it's one of those more instinctual things at this point than a thing that I'm actually thinking about. I can't remember. Was Agnesom an urgent quest? Yes, in Village. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So it really is designed to be that. Okay, you've done like the two star. You understand the game. Here's a real monster. Yep. So I hope I hope there is like a generation of players now who, you know, really had that experience. Plus, a bit of Agnesom. Yeah. But you guys often talk about Baroth in that way. Yeah. Exactly. I think that I think that definitely happened with some people. It's, it's got to. I think like he's got so many moves that like he disguises like 
pretty well. Mm. But obviously, since we play the series a lot, we can kind of adapt to that a lot quicker. And even if you do kind of miscalculate something, you've got like the the wirefall dodge to kind of get back, get yourself back into the the fray like quickly. Which I, I use sometimes to like my own detriment because like, mm. I probably should like get away from the monster and heal up whatever. I'm like, no, I'm gonna wire back. Oh, back yeah, yeah I dodge, dodge. I get hit by the same attack twice. Yeah, that's, that happens so much to me. The greed. What's a wire bug? <laughs> <laughs> Andy's still playing fucking Warzone or try, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't even believe in mounting. He's still weird these days. I heard like that Monster Hunter try was Andy's Vietnam. Like, yeah, he came home, but in many ways, Andy's still playing Monster Hunter try. <laughs> <laughs> So we spoke about on the Azuchi episode how the um, the new monsters to rise all have kind of yokai inspirations and you know things from other Japanese mythology. Uh, I am aware of an umbrella yokai, but I'm sure you would tell us a bit more about it here, Luke. Yes, so that would be the Kasa Obake, which is one of like if you see any kind of book or comic book or game about yokai, you're going to see this one. Um, it's generally depicted as just like an umbrella, but instead of a handle, it's got one leg that it hops around on, and it's got a big eyeball and a big tongue sometimes. Um, so the Agnason, like regularly stands on one, one leg, which is something birds do, mm-hmm. but then combined with the big umbrella crest, it's clearly meant to be like a reference to this yokai. There's a weird thing in Japanese um, mythology called um, Tsukomogami, which is that any object, like man-made object, rock, whatever, if it lives, well, if it lasts a hundred years, if it becomes a hundred years old, it will develop a spirit. It becomes sentient and alive. Mm. Um, but it's actually debated whether this one is one of those or a separate yokai that just happens to look like an umbrella. But it's one of the quintessential yokai. Like, Mario has battled one, Kirby's battled one, it's in the yokai watch. I can't remember if it was in Okami, but yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. you look at hot, like, the, the castle back here, like, it's, it's proper, like, nightmare feel. Uh, I think, like, it's some crazy. of them are really goofy, and some of them are really yeah. creepy. Like, I think it's got like... variations and stuff like that as well, but like, I think the main, the general one that you see when you Google it, like, it's, it's proper creepy vibe about it like what does it do because like, you obviously spoke about the kamitachi and the kind of like they scratch the back of your legs it's like what's the the threat i suppose you could say with the, the umbrella lad i don't think he, he has like a a specific thing he does they just they just act like you know ghosts or um poltergeist they just spook you cause some mischief <laughs> cheeky fella that that would be very fitting with uh, with Agnason then and his more theatrical stay away from me moveset if it's more about uh, the psychology of the fight than the actual anything nefarious behind the curtain such as it were. I love the idea that I've gone in that deep. I mean, <laughs> this is the Monster Hunter team at Capcom. They probably did. 
it's good to know about the one leg thing because I just thought it was maybe just trying to emulate like you know like a flamingo or Cranium. other kind of other kind of birds, but it's actually linked to the the yokai itself. Pretty cool. Well, um, he is, I think, somewhat based on a crane, which is like one of the famous birds of Japan. Mm. Um, sometimes when I'm out hiking through like a rice field, when you see one, just like they stand on top of a tree or whatever, they do look like very majestic, and also they look like they are the the top dog around that area because they just loom over everything. I assume there's no like major predator that's going to kill a crane, so. They make sense that they would make it like a big deal monster. But the question is, Luke, could you take a crane in a fight? <laughs> well, they can fly. <laughs> and I tried to creep so, up on what? I tried to creep up on them just to take pictures of them and they always fly away. So I don't think I could get the jump on one. So Yeah, but if you're fighting it, I guess if, if it's Yeah, if it's coming for me. I think it would fuck me up a bit, but I could probably get a grab of it. And then just imagine you posting up like Vin Diesel in Pitch Black when he catches the blind spot of the, the monster in that film. He's doing that with a crane. <laughs> I'm just thinking it's it's gonna it's gonna have a pop at me. I'm gonna grab it out the air. Probably gonna get scratched to fuck. You're gonna grab it out the I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking like you know. Quick as lightning, he grabbed it out the air. <laughs> I'm talking about like. It's flapping its wings and having a go at me with its claws. You know, it's it's stationary. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm not. I can't do that. Yeah, but if the fly yeah, is sure, sure. on me and having a having a pop, then yeah, I probably can. <laughs> we'll well, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. <laughs> Next time I see one, I will try and fight it for you, Andy. How's that? <laughs> well, no, because it'll run away. Yeah, make that, make that. that happy and go. You need to be covered in fish or something, whatever cranes eat, then it might fight you. So, subscribe to Patreon at the $10 tier and Andy will sing a song. Subscribe to Patreon at the $15 tier and I will lock myself in a cage with an animal of your choosing. (laughs) (laughs) It would just be bears. We want to see how you got on with the bear. (laughs) The name Akrasom seems like it's going to mean something. Does it? It's one of the. It's one. Well, the English name is just the Japanese name made a bit easier to say. Mm-hmm. So the Japanese name is uh, Ake no Shirumu. And the Ake obviously comes a little bit from the Kasa Obake. Mm-hmm. And it means to open. So I assume like like how an op- mm-hmm. umbrella opens. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But it also. it That type of. That kanji for open is also the word for dawn. And then the latter part, Shirumu, the only thing I can think of is um, Schirm is German for umbrella. That also makes sense. Yep. Open umbrella. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> There's one bit of mythology that we haven't covered that might be loosely connected to the character. Oh, God. Which is, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Basan. Um, I probably pronounced that wrong. But it's oh, a, yeah. a legendary fire-breathing I... chicken bird. <laughs> yes, I brought this guy up a few times on my Pokemon podcast because I did like Moltres and then mm. Blaziken. So yeah, fire chicken. Yeah, again, back brings us back to the young Kukku. Like... I was going to say the young Kukku feels more like he's based on the Basan. Yeah, he's I think more chicken-like so more... than, than this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's just because it's got a fire move that that connection is somewhat there. Although the Basan is said to live in bamboo groves of mountain recesses. So, you know, the location in which you find Aknasom fits the bill as well. But I'm not sure it's more than a passing resemblance. But It's kind of like... Well, in the same way with Great Izuchi, it was clearly mostly based on one yokai. Mm -hmm. And then the mouth was a little bit from another yokai. You could say that the... The Akmasom is mostly based on the Casa Odake, but then they gave it fire breath as a little reference to the Vasan. There you mm-hmm. go. Works works for me. <laughs> or they just thought, oh, it needs an element. Oh, why fans pre-fire? Let's do that. <laughs> that also works. <laughs> That's an uh, Andy's version of Monster the Monster Hunter development team. That's definitely how it went. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it was Friday afternoon. What we're gonna do? Give it some fire, posh, down the pub. Friday afternoon. I was feeling some chicken. This will do. <laughs> what animal we got? Bird. What elements it got? Fire. All right. <laughs> Done. Love it. If you need an executive producer for your project, contact Addyman Nine Four Nine. Andrew, Ro- Andrew Rice will executive produce if you join the $20 <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Well, I'll tell you what. It's not me. Nor is it Andy. Look, Jas. Or must. See when it's bath time or time to do the dishes? This monster makes a fuss. Absorbent and yellow and porous is this foe. Throw water on him and watch this beast grow. His His favourite Star Wars planet could very well be Hoth. Next time we take on the King of Sponge, Royal Ludroth. So join us, join us for that. I thought when you started cracking up, is he just laughing at the fact he's doing a poem or is something good coming up and it did not disappoint? What a line that was right there at the end. I really, really oh, struggled with trying to bring the drop, as you may have been able to tell. No, you should have just gone with it. It, it, it was fine. It, it, it didn't seem like you struggled at all, mate. <laughs> Very subtle. <laughs> Jay Moyles deftly plays with Star Wars and other things in this incredible poem. <laughs> it was like it was all on a theme and then just a complete <laughs> the fucking snow pump that, yeah. and as well. you, you've given yourself this rule that you have to rhyme its name in the last verb like <laughs> that is the closest thing I think to us getting Carl Pilkington on this podcast like him doing a poem <laughs> for us at the end there and just you turning into some absolute nonsense for the sake of a rhyme <laughs> <sighs> so yeah join us join us for that one <laughs> next time um, <clears throat> until then like where can they find us you can find us on twitter at monster mash pod 
We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere where you can get podcasts, just search Monster Mash Podcast. And if you want to help us keep putting this stuff on the internet, then you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. And for the uh, one cent tier, Jay will write you a poem. <laughs> well, well, hold the phone here. Like, I'm wanting a bit more than just a, just a penny. <laughs> Mate, I think you'd have to pay then. <laughs> penny for your thoughts. I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, well, what can they uh, tweet at Andyman949 in the meantime, Moss? Well, you can tweet your ideas at him, but unless you give him 20 quid, he's not going to reply. Not <laughs> even then. It'll be short and sweet. I think tweet that's at given. Andyman949, <laughs> your favourite planet from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and if you say one of the ones that's actually a moon, he is going to kick off. <laughs> Yes, I definitely know which ones are moons. I like Yavin 4. Alright, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Cheerio. Toodles. Audio content. You said it, Chewy. That was, that was good. Who did that? <laughs> that was Jazz. Is that you, Jazz? You're up here. Hey, lads, I brought a bear. Bear just knocked me out of my tree charge. <laughs> Cheers. Looks nice. sir. Why even riding an eyelid like this? <laughs> the cheek, the cheek of that. Bear I am no friend of bear. I mean, you're not being very friendly to it. I am. You're smashing it into another monster, mate. I'm not. He's fucking up. That's what he's into. Is that what you do to your friends? Do you make your friends beat other friends up? (laughs) Yeah, have you not heard about Jay's fight club? (laughs) (laughs) Down in the catacombs, you know. (laughs) Where the internet's kept. Just wait wait till our next meetup. I've got a nice fight for you You and Jazz lined up. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are we a tag team or are we fighting? Uh, I think you're going to fight. I think you're going to fight and then become a tag team for your mutual respect. What during the fight? <laughs> <laughs> just just a secret movie, she throws a cat at you. <laughs> to be fair, that would definitely distract a lot of people. I mean, it, it didn't work out for the British guy, though, did it? I mean, I know it was a dog, but the British guy in Snakes on a Plane, where he throws that dog at the giant snake, and the dog gets yes. spoiled. And everyone's really mad at him, and I'm like, but actually, he probably saved a load of people's lives there by sacrificing the dog. But that's because people think dogs are more important than people. It's all fucking idiots. The problem is but... that he threw a dog. If he threw a cat, the snake would be very distracted. Right. The cavalry wind. I think on this plane, Jay, he had limited resources and he <laughs> did he did the best of what he could. <laughs> did, did not ask for a cat. That's his problem, he should have brought a cat with him. Yeah. Just in case there was a snake on the plane. You know, no when you need an emergency cat break <laughs> oh, yeah, break glass to grab cat. J- Jay never flies without a cat. I never I never fly over my safety cat. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just cat. how air travel changed after snakes on a plane, you know? 
That's right, yeah. Before then, they never made us take our shoes off. But now we always have to bring a cat. <laughs> take your shoes off? Wait, what? Well, I was... You don't have to take your shoes off unless you've got, like, metal toe cats. Like, in America, they make you take your shoes off because of the shoe bomber. Oh, okay, didn't know. <laughs> Spoilers for when you go to America. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, why are you making me take my shoes off? Like, what is this? But that's just because Andy's got hooves, so he doesn't want him to see. To be fair, if I had hooves, I'd be showing them off all over the place. I would not Trotting want to around. see your disgusting hooves. They'd be ordinary looking hooves, mate. <laughs> what is an ordinary hoof on a human being? <laughs> <laughs> you said that it was the most normal thing in the world. Just, it's just a hoof. Yeah, it's the normal ass hoof. <laughs> what what hoof would you define as normal? Horses? Pigs? Horse. Okay. Horses? The pigs have trotters, don't they? Hooves, Trotter, yeah. not just two hooves? Oh, I couldn't possibly tell you. I've not looked into the science. Did that give you the choice of trotters or hooves? You Well, as we've already established, they're hooves, they're not trotters. <laughs> The real question is, who's got the weirdest hooves? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was very quickly decided. <laughs> I'm surprised by how how quickly you <laughs> had that ready. It was the second animal I could think of with hooves. I mean, camel's hooves are the ones that are most discussed, just in, you know, unfortunate circumstances. <laughs> That's not where I was going. <laughs> I sure. that was the joke you were making. No, no, I just literally thought credit, other animals have hooves. Camels. Just doing some research. I'm on hoofed mammals. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you just put camel toe into Google. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's, that's for later. That's for later. There are no pigs, so pigs don't count. Acceptable answers would have been elk, Cow, giraffe, moose, gazelle, reindeer, antelope, zebra. Did you see in the news that they discovered the first hybrid polar bear and grizzly bear, which they've dubbed I the Pizzly not. Bear? Really? Yep. I mean, not the growler bear. Yeah, it's not much better, is it? <laughs> yep. No, that's pretty cool. I'm into that. Have you ever seen a light tigon? A liger? No, no, it's when you get a liger and a tigon and then they make a baby, it's a light tigon. I didn't think... But I thought the whole point of ligers and tigons is that they couldn't make babies. They mostly can't, but they have managed to do it that one time. <laughs> and it was a fucking huge beast. Again, it's like poetry, it's sort of they rhyme. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work.